Well, we go. I think uh, God has a good word for us today as we talk about hearing the voice of God. And let me just kind of say a couple of things up front before we open God's word. First of all, Disciple Now weekend is next weekend. And uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Disciple Now is a weekend that uh, the whole body is involved in in one way, way, shape or form. Either you're attending as a student or you're hosting or your food or you're uh, doing mission projects or whatever, maybe in the course of your weekend, but we all are called to pray. And so I would encourage you, I want to speak more about this at the end, but we need to be in prayer for God to do a great work in the lives of our students and in our community. This is, this is not just a student thing. This is a, it touches the whole community and we want to pray for that to happen. So I, I just want to lay that in front of you. Secondly, don't you like the, the podium here? That is pretty neat, isn't it? Uh, let me give you the story behind that a little bit. Uh, I've never been a pulpit guy, so um, it's hiding behind something is just not, not, I'm not good at that. So we've had different teaching podiums and, um, or the table or whatever we've used. The, the one we had uh, before this one actually belonged to uh, Ryan Hansen, and Ryan is now on staff at um, uh, church in Georgetown, so we, um, we allowed him to take it. As he is anyway. But, uh, so we, we can always use the table. It doesn't matter. I can use a, a, a music stand if I need to. But, but, uh, Sean Hood, uh, and Brandon Dorick began to start talking. And, uh, Sean found this piece of wood. This is cypress wood. And, uh, had it all finished out. And in fact, part of the story is, is when the guy found out, uh, got, Sean took it to a guy. Sean, I, I want to make sure I get this right. Took it to the guy to um, have it finished and, and uh, polished and everything. When, they, when he asked Sean what it was for, and Sean said, well, it's going to be the, the uh, podium that our uh, pastor preaches from, the guy donated all of that uh, to, to that part of it. So that's a blessing right there. And then Sean turned it over to Brandon Dorick, who is Master Craftsman Deluxe, and he turned it into the podium uh, that it is. And so that's really cool looking. Uh, and it's... Uh, it's it's good and and uh, appreciate that. You know, uh, Brandon Dorick, I, I love Brandon to death. I was reading in the scriptures this week in Exodus how that um, it says that because they were building the tabernacle, Moses got the instruction from the Lord that you are to uh, um, deliver this over to the to the craftsman who is filled with the spirit of wisdom. And I thought, man, that is Brandon Dorick right in the Bible. I mean, he has got these incredible craftsmen skilled, but he's filled with the, the spirit of wisdom. And, and here's my thought, too, and it's not just Brandon. You know, we think callings are preaching or singing or missions or whatever it is. Let me tell you, your calling is what you do Monday through Friday. Your calling is what you do right there, and you are serving God in that capacity wherever you are. And so I, I rejoice in that. So that is... Uh, uh, that is that. One last announcement, just to kind of share with y'all that have been around a while. Chris Kipp, who was our worship pastor before Brett, Chris uh, went to Houston, the Katy Air Richmond in, in specific. God had called him to plant a work down there, and uh, he went through the training and everything, and they're doing their launch service, first service today. And so if you think about Chris, uh, pray for him as they do that kickoff uh, right there. But uh, we're talking about hearing the voice of God. I, I, I know that's hard for us to grab hold of, is that the God of all universe wants to speak to us. And I know when we read the Bible, we're thinking, okay, if God would speak to me through a voice from heaven 
or through a cloud or through smoke or through a, a donkey. Uh, we would handle those things, but sometimes it's, it, it just seems different in our day. And in fact, in Hebrews uh, chapter 1, let me read this to you. These people are up here for a purpose. I haven't forgot about you. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 1, it says this. It says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. In other words, God spoke ultimately through Jesus and he spoke through him. He revealed himself completely to us. He didn't owe us another speaking at all because he has revealed all grace and truth through Jesus. And we, we believe that. But God does speak to us on a daily basis. Now, these people, go ahead. We have a gift for you today. This is for everybody in here. I, did, I, I didn't want to give them to all the, the kids because they'd use them as coloring books. Uh, but these, I'm going to speak to you through these a little bit. Um, you remember when uh, MasterCard did all the priceless ads? You remember many, many years ago they did ads for, you know, this is priceless kind of thing. These, these notebooks that you're getting currently are not priceless yet. They cost us about a buck, and then we had to do the screen printing part of it, and that cost us a little bit more. But let me tell you, if you fill this up, with things that God is laying and pressing upon you, it will become priceless to you. I promise you that. And uh, right now it's just paper and, and uh, it's recyclable paper. But uh, it's just paper and it's just a notebook right now. But this is for you. And when you leave today, there's actually pens that will go in that neat little part there for you. Uh, you can grab a pen on your way out if you need that as well. But uh, these are a gift from you, and I'm going to try to try to talk to you a little bit about how I would encourage you to use these. Some of you journal on different uh, different capacities, but um, I'm going to try to walk to you through something that will be simple. Do we got enough? Somebody didn't get one? Was there any left? Man, we'll find you one somewhere. We'll find another limited supply is what we'll do. All right. All right, good. All right. We're, we're okay. We're okay. Uh, there, All right. We, uh, um, so hopefully you got one. If not, we'll find some more somewhere else. Uh, but some of you use your own journals, so this will become just another item for you with the church's name on it. But, uh, but when I was 15 years old, uh, quick testimony. When I was 15 years old, I, I was a churchgoer. I'd been a churchgoer my whole life. My, my family made sure we were going. We'd go on Sunday morning, Sunday night, special occasions, that kind of stuff. And so it was part of my system. But I was one of those guys that, um, uh, you know, we're, it's easy to do this. We have our church life and we have our other life. Not that I was in a full of sin in this life. It's just that 
It's just that the two, I just did not know. I did not see how the two came together. I came to church out of habit. I came because it was what our family did. I came because I knew it was a good thing. You know, all those reasons. But the bridge, as far as it affecting the rest of my life, I didn't know it was so much. Until I was challenged by a youth minister who um, really challenged in the area of God does want to speak to you today, and he speaks through his word. He speaks through the Bible. And I'm thinking, uh, you know, I, I'm just not quite sure what that means because we read the Bible for history. We learn about the Old Testament. We learn about the New Testament. We learn about Jesus. But we learn facts, and, and, and I'm thinking, does God really speak? So he challenged in that area, and, uh, and, and one of the challenges, I took it up as a 15-year-old kid. I thought, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the Bible through. Uh, so I got a, a plan that was given to us. It was certain amount of scripture out of the Old Testament every day, certain out of the New Testament. And uh, what I was able to do, this was back in, in uh, mid-70s, uh, early to mid-70s, is that a Bible came out, and this is it, called The Way. It was the living Bible that had come out. This, they thought, would be more attractive to teens. And it was the living Bible. Uh, back in those days, you had two choices. You had a King James Bible. You had the Living Bible, and I have no problem with the King James. I just struggled with the vernacular that was in there and how it was written. So I needed something that was more readable for me. So this came out, and, and uh, now what I was battling is is that, um, God, I know you have a plan for my life. I'm sensing it. I, I, I'm, I've been on a mission trip. I sensed that all of a sudden I was coming to my knowledge that the church wasn't something you go to, the church something that you're part of. And so I was learning these things, and I, I was sensing, God, what do you have for me? Even though I was 15 years old, I thought, God, if you have something for me, I'm way too young to hear this at 15. And so, but I was reading through the Bible, and I said, okay, Lord, I'll take you up on that. I'll take you up on what he taught us, is that if you actually speak, these are my questions, Lord. I have questions here and I, I'm looking to you for answers. So in my, in my system, I was reading through and I was in, the, in, a, in a Isaiah of all places. And as I was wrapping up Isaiah, I remember it was, it was, it was at night and I was uh, reading through the end of Isaiah and it just, I mean, it was just hitting flat. I'm thinking, God, I am not hearing you at all in what you're saying and uh, then I felt that uh, nudge, and, and you guys that come on, on Wednesday morning uh, men's gathering, you know, we're talking about the 10-second rule, that nudge. I sensed it, this nudge. And the nudge was simply this, go one more chapter, go into Jeremiah. I, I never read Jeremiah in my life, but here were my questions. God, do you have your hand on me? And I feel way too young to receive this calling. And then I started reading in Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1, let me just read it to you. This was, this was the Bible. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. The Lord said to me, I knew you before you were formed within your mother's womb. Before you were born, I sanctified you and appointed you as my spokesman to the world. Oh, Lord God, I said, I can't do that. I'm far too young. I'm only a youth. Don't say that, he replied, for you will go wherever I send you. And speak whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people. For I, the Lord, will be with you and see you through. Now, somebody's going to say, well, well, Mark, that was for Jeremiah. No, that was for Mark Westerfield. It was that very question I was asking. It was that very point, And it was like the Holy Spirit of God said, my hand is on you and I've got this. 
And from that moment, that was the catalyst to even what I'm doing today. I knew that God had this thing. I knew He had called me. I didn't know what it fully looked like. I just know that He was calling me, and I wasn't too young to receive that calling and to walk in what He had for me. Has it been perfect? No. But I can always go back to that day and say, God, you used your word, and I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever you were speaking to me. And I believe God speaks through his word today. And so what I want to do with you a little bit is I want to kind of give you a scriptural foundation of some things, and then I want to walk to you with something I think is going to help you out as we as we look at this. But in in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, I just said that, that he has spoken to us through his son. And the problem is, is we go to the scriptures and even the Pharisees struggled with this. In, in John's gospel, I'm just going to kind of give you a few scriptures just to dance around. But in John chapter 5, verse 39, the, the Pharisees were, were talking, the religious were talking to Jesus and Jesus responded back to him to them and he said this he said you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life these are the very scriptures that testify about me yet you refuse to come to me to have life what jesus is saying to the religious leaders listen you are looking at the prophets and the scriptures and everything that's there and you're thinking that you have life out of them but jesus is saying all of these from genesis in the beginning all the way through the letters all the way through the New Testament, they are pointing people to me. That is what Jesus is saying. They're not about facts. They're not about history. They are in there. The poems are in there. The history is in there. The prophets are in there. The, all of that is in there. But Jesus is saying, all of this truth is pointing to me. And, and so when we understand that the Scripture is not about paper and ink, but it's about pointing us to Jesus, then it becomes alive to us. Over in the book of Hebrews, I love this passage. In Hebrews chapter 12, uh, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 12, it says this. It says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. In other words, this is a breathing book. It's breathing. It's life-giving. And somebody says, yeah, but I've heard all those stories. You know what I've understand? The Word of God never changes. I change. Where I read something the, the previous year and where I read it next year, it's not going to be where I'm at today. So the Word of God is living and active. It's dealing with me right where I am. But in 2 Timothy, and I want to camp out here just a moment. In 2 Timothy chapter 3. Beginning in verse 14, it, said, it says this, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture. Now, somebody's going to say, yeah, but the New Testament hadn't even been written yet. I mean, this was referring to the prophets in the Old Testament. True. But what it's referring to is the Word of God. And we know that 
this is going to become part of the word of God. All scripture. And then it says this, is God breathed. What in the world does that mean? You may use the word inspired or anointed or whatever, but God breathed. You remember when Adam was made in the Garden of Eden? He says he took uh, clay or dust from the ground, he formed a human being, and he breathed on them, and they received life. Now, the Scriptures weren't something that was written and then God breathed on. What God did is he anointed men who would write the Scriptures, 35 different authors, wrote the scriptures over thousands of years and the and the cohesiveness of it is unbelievable to see how it all points to a savior who is to come and we look forward to the one who is to return Jesus Christ but what God has done is he he has taken that and he's brought it all together he took these men he breathed his spirit upon them and they wrote the scriptures so all we have here is the is God breathed stuff and it says that it is useful, it's beneficial, it's valuable for four things. For teaching. The word is doctrine. We hate the word doctrine because it's not a word that's used. But everybody has a doctrine. Everybody has something you build upon, a truth that you build upon. False teachers come in hoping you have a shaky foundation. But the scriptures here are the doctrine. This is what we build. This is the truth that we can build our life upon. It's not shaky, it's truth. So it's profitable for doctrine, for teaching, and then for rebuking. Now, rebuking we don't like because it's like getting scolded on. But that's not, the term actually is conviction. When, when you're going a direction that is, that is contrary to what God has for you, that's going to lead you in harm's way, taking you away from God who loves you more than anything else, there's a conviction to come back. And the next word is is the word for correcting, which literally means something that's off kilter to bring it upright so that what God is doing, he's setting a doctrinal foundation of truth for your life to protect you, to lead you into all righteousness. And what is happening is, is that when you step aside, there's conviction that comes and then there's the correction to correct what is off. And then it says the last thing is to train you in righteousness, which is uh, whole living to bring you to that point. And then it says in verse 17, so that the servant of God may be fully equipped. In other words, complete and mature. That is what the scriptures do for you. But you're thinking, okay, I hear that, but how do I uh, even get in a point where I can, can understand? Mark, you don't understand. I, I read it and I, I just don't understand what's going on. Well, I'm going to try to help you here for a few minutes today. There's a... There's a story, it's kind of a preacher's story, but, but, uh, uh, which means it's not true, but, it's, uh, but it makes a good point. It's called the Prince of Grenada, and, and part of it, the story goes like this, is the Prince of Grenada was incarcerated in, in, uh, in a Spanish prison for 33 years, and all he had was the Bible. When they finally released him after 33 years, they went in and they noticed that what he had done is he had taken a nail and he had scribbled things into the wall. He scribbled things like the middle verse of the Bible is in Psalm 118. Uh, the word Lord is used X amount of times in the scriptures. The word woman is used X amount. Of, in other words, trivial pursuit stuff. He had taken the word of God and he had turned it into just a fact-finding, trivial pursuit. And a lot of times we have done that. But I'm telling you, this is life. And what I'm about to share with you over the next few moments, I think could lead you on a trajectory to become the, the, the man and woman 
and teenager, student, that you never believed God could turn you into. And so let me kind of walk you through it a little bit. You got your journal, but uh, uh, it kind of works like this. A guy by the name of Wayne Cordero many years ago, in fact, they, they built their church upon this, is that they built it upon an acronym called SOAP, S-O-A-P, S-O-A-P. And it, it has to do with the scriptures and journaling. And uh, it, there's a couple of things. Let me give you up front before I talk about the acronym, because you're trying to think, how can I get into the word of God at all? First of all, get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, get a Bible. You may remember I challenged you with three things, and I thought, I never told him to get a Bible, but hopefully you got a Bible. Go on you version and listen. Hear me. My, my daily reading this year, I'm reading through uh, the New Living Translation. And uh, what I do is, is uh, I did it for my kids, and now I'm starting to do it for my grandkids. I, I read through the scriptures for each of my kids, I marked it. I, I, you know, the things God shows me, I mark it. And I gave each of my kids one of those. I'm currently working on my grandkids so that they'll get a, a copy of the scriptures. What, what they do with it is completely up to them. But, I, but I, uh, this one will be Gavin's, and, and when I finish it, uh, I'll give it to him. But you get a readable translation. For my study, I don't use the New Living. I use the ESV, I use the NIV, and I use all my uh, language helps to get me to the root of the scriptures. So... But for my daily reading, devotional reading, I'm using the New Living. Well, all I'm saying is you find one that works for you and, uh, and find it. But, but number one of what I challenge you, find a plan. Don't, don't just read what Charles Stanley says. Don't just read what Charles Swindoll says. Don't read what Craig Rochelle says. You read the Word of God. Get you a plan. We had recommendations on our webpage. You can go to Uversion. I'm just saying you find a reading plan. And don't get a sissy plan. Don't get something that's just a few verses and saying that's enough. No, no, no. Challenge yourself to go beyond that and get into the Word of God and, and let it push you. But have a plan. Because if you don't have a structured plan, you're at the mercy of, of anything. And what we do is that pick and peck system. You know, we just open our Bible thinking, okay, God, what do you want to say to me today? God's big enough to use that, but he also it can destroy you. Uh, I mean, just, just think about it. it. You'd never want to approach any book just by saying, oh, I'm going to turn to that page and see what it has for me. And, I, and I, the first service, I read a, a verse this morning, and I, and I found it because I, I kind of got stumbled in the middle of my message. But this morning I was reading my uh, devotionals, and I thought, you know, if somebody just pick and pecked a scripture, this would be a great one to uh, pick and peck all of a sudden. It says in Exodus thirty twenty one, it says this, They shall wash their hands and feet so that they will not die. I thought, man, that's a verse out of nowhere. Wouldn't you love to use that on your kids? Just say, you don't wash your hands and feet, you're going to die. It says it in the scriptures right there. We get that way to pick and peck. One of my favorites is Leviticus 3.16. It says this. I, I promise you this is what it says. All the fat is the Lord's. That's a great verse, isn't it? Man, that's anti-dieting right there. All the fat is the Lord's, man. Look at it. But what I'm saying is you cannot do a pick and peck system in the Bible. Get a plan. And that way you, you've got a systematic plan and you work through it and see what it has. So get a plan. Number two, get a pen and paper. 
And that's what I've given you. I've given you a little journal today to work on. Most of you may have your own. Uh, I, I am not a, a person that's opposed to marking in your Bible uh, because I think it's a point where the Holy Spirit may reveal something to you and mark it. Usually a marked Bible is a sign of God's marking on you and he's working on you. So I, I'm not opposed to that. Writing in the, in the uh, margins, uh, you may want to next year get a clean one to start over. But get you uh, some some paper and and uh, a pen. Along with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest something to you. Get keep your day timer close at that point. Now that may sound weird, but the reason I say keep your day timer close is that you do your mind. You, you try to get your mind still, and all of a sudden something jumps into your mind. You need to do this today. And and we say, oh, I'll get to that later only to see that it's now encompassed you completely and you can't even hear from the Lord. So have your day timer. Okay, I need to write that down. Now it's aside and I can go with what I'm doing. Don't play a game over here while you do that. But but just just focus. Get your focus back where you need to be. And so get a piece of paper and a, and a pen. And then thirdly, I suggest you get a, a group either out of your Bible fellowship, men's group, something just some people that you can say, hey, this is what God is showing me. And to be able to, these journals, that'd be cool, man, to say, hey, this is what God was saying to me, and, and uh, this is just for me, and, and this is what I have. But it, it helps strengthen what you do. Let me give you some other suggestions before I get into the SOAP acronym. Uh, give God your best time. I'm not one of those guys that says, oh, you've got to have your quiet time in the morning. I think you need to pray sometime in the morning uh, because you get onto your day. But But don't. Your devotional time may be better. I'm a morning person. I, I have. I can tell you this. I, people will ask me to go to breakfast with them, and I usually decline. Not that I'm rude. Not that I don't want to be with them. That's just my best time, and I, I want to give my best time to God. And so that's what I normally do. And uh, but some people are night people, and so I'm not one of those that says, "Oh, you know." I, I wouldn't even want to be with you in the morning. So God may not be want to be with you in the morning. You're just one of those kind of people. But you find the time that works for you. And if it's in if it's in the lunch, that's fine. If it's in the evening, just give him your best. Not let's quit giving God our leftovers, and let's give him our best. And so you find your best time. Okay, this is the time where I seem to be more focused. Use that time. Go at it. And you find the scriptures. You read. And, and, and you go at it. And, uh, now, let me give you, let me give you this acronym, see if it helps you just a little bit. The S is for scripture. In other words, let's say you're reading a chapter, or you're reading ten verses, or whatever your reading may be, or you read a couple of chapters. You, you ask the Lord ahead of time, God, would you just speak to me through your word? And as you're reading along, what I've discovered, just like a Jeremiah passage, you're reading along, and then all of a sudden, it's like something just grabs you. It's almost like it becomes bold. The Greeks have a word called rhema, the rhema word. It's like jumps off the page at you. And there's times that I, I go past it, and then there's this nudge to go back, and, and I will go back and, and, and see that. And, and when it comes to your journaling, uh, don't, don't come up with ten verses. I mean, just one verse. What is God truly saying? So if you're... If you're reading along in the Gospels and, and Jesus is feeding the 5,000 or something like that, and all of a sudden it bolds that there were leftovers of 12, and, and you're thinking, okay, what is that? And, and, and I'll write that down. So you write that verse out in your journal. That's the scripture that God 
just seemed to jump out. You may not even understand it at the moment, but for some reason the Holy Spirit has just nudged you in that area. So you see that. So you write out that scripture, S, the scripture. And then you come to O. O is observation. You, uh, you observe. We, we, are, we are shallow observers, but we need to be deep observers saying, okay, this is what's going on. Jesus is feeding them, and uh, he's, he's been able to break the loaves and the fish, and this is what's going on. You're just kind of observing what's happening right there. And so you, you write out the observation of, of what you see happening there. And then you come to application. Application is this. Basically, in light of where I am right now in life, what is this saying to me? What, what is this personal to me? You know, you may be going through a tremendously hard time, and you're thinking, what does this mean to me right now? And uh, I, was, I was telling the staff on Tuesday as I was walking through some of this that, for me, most of my application starts with questions. God, is this what you're really saying? Because this is hard for me. God, I'm trying to grasp this. And uh, I, I will start out writing questions, and then it will get a little bit longer because I am really trying to personalize what God may be saying to me right here. And so what happens is is that the next thing you know, as I've kind of written out my thoughts, uh, man, it seems to become more and more crystal clear what the Lord may be saying to me or asking of me or challenging me in or, or encouraging me. And so I write that down. And somebody's going to say, well, Mark, why do you need to to write that down. Why is it that big a deal? I mean, how often do you go back and read your journals? Very, very seldom do I go back. Every now and then I will go. Here's, here's a funny thing. Uh, this week I, I did, because I knew what I was speaking on, I went and found a few old journals. One of them was an was a, a old spiral thing, not too much bigger than that. And it was, it was back, uh, it was the year that I was, that I was pastoring at Northeast before Central came into existence. And, uh, and so I'm, I, I've, I can see my journal in there. I was doing a little bit something different than the soap then. But I came to talking about, we're, we're talking about marrying two congregations together. And then my journal said, I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> I'm a man of faith, aren't I? That was, uh, that was uh, 25 years later. I don't think it's going to work. Uh, but uh, that was just being transparent. But, uh, you know, I don't go back and read my journals very much. But I can tell you this. I would say 99, almost to 100% of the time, what God shows me in my devotional that I've written down comes out in a conversation somewhere during the course of the day. It just does. So that's application. The P is prayer. Uh, just a simple prayer. Uh, Lord... You're just speaking back to the Lord. Lord, this is what you've shown me today. Man, would you give me the strength? Would you give me the boldness to walk this out? God, would you? I need to be encouraged. Would you please and just encourage me? And, and just write out what is there. Is this lengthy? No. It can get lengthy if you're one of those people. But, but you know, when you write out the Scripture and, and you observe what's there and you apply it to your life and then, and then you uh, write out a prayer... It, it may not even be a page. Some days it may be a page and a half. It may be longer than you imagine because the Lord seems to be impressing upon you. And then what happens is this. You start sensing those nudges a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And the Word of God has now become alive. 
And it's not about you getting facts. It's about your heart being transformed. Because the God of the universe has spoke to you. And you start sensing it. And it becomes real. It's not speaking in the sky. It's not some audible voice out there. It's truly the Spirit of God speaking to you. Now, I wrestled with this message. And I wrestled and I wrestled and I wrestled. And here's why. I thought, I'm going to share this today. And people are going to think, oh, I'm going to do this because Marcus said do it. I challenged us to do it. And I'll do it for about a month and then it fades away. And I thought, why does that happen? And the Lord kind of impressed upon me the reason. Churches are good about telling about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, but we don't get to the why you should do it. And what happens is you start doing the what's and the how's and you burn out because the why's not there. And if you do not answer the why, I guarantee you, you will not, you will not fulfill what God has for you. And so I was thinking about that a little bit and I thought, You know, my heartbeat is truly this, and I know this, God loves people. Seven billion people on this planet, God loves people. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care if somebody's cursing his name right now. God loves people. But seven billion people on this planet have a sin nature that has separated them from their Creator. And God, through His love, through through speaking, through Jesus Christ, has given His Word to us so that we could reconnect and have purpose for what He has for us. Let me tell you, that is the why. Why do I want to profane God's Word? Why do we even want to do this church thing at all? I don't want to get into a bunch of, well, this is what we do, and this is how we do it, and this is the way we're going to do it. No, let's get back to why God even wants us to do that in the first place. Why do I want you to get in God's Word? Is because, listen, He loves you. And on your own, you're totally separated from Him. He sent Jesus Christ. He gave you His Word so you could reconnect and find your purpose and direction in life. Let me tell you, that makes me want to read the Bible. That's what makes me want to read the Bible. Not because Mark said it, because our church has an emphasis. Not for that reason. You know, many of you uh, have navigational devices, GPSs in your, in your car. And the reason you have that is most of us men are, I read an article this week on why we don't ask directions. It's because it affects us some in mental capacity because we think we're in control and if we're not in control we feel weaker. So we don't ask directions. And uh, I know some of your wives are poking your husbands right at that point because that, that is the case. That's the way we're wired. And so we got GPS systems and they're great to have. Uh, uh, my, how many of you men have a woman tell you what to do in your GPS? I, I do. Uh, she, my wife has some young British guy. I, I guarantee you, he's 35 years old, shadow of beard, good-looking guy. And, and, and she's following instructions for him. I got some woman that's just telling me what to do. But, but where I'm going on this, if the why is not answered, to know that God wants to put this navigational device inside of us so that we can navigate 60, 80, however long years we're on this planet. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. 
But Mark, you don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. He loves you. And seven billion people on this planet have a sin nature and a brokenness in them, and they need a Savior. And He sent Jesus, and He has given His Word so that you can connect and have a navigational system on how to live this thing out. Let me tell you, if that doesn't get you into the Word of God, I don't know what will. You can make New Year's resolutions every day of your life, and it's not going to make it until you know the why. I read, um, I read an article about, uh, because I see this as a struggle today. It was called Staying on the Right Path. And apparently in 1993, there was a Division II cross-country race that was taking place. And in the midst of this cross-country race, there was some confusion on the course. And what happened is, is that most of the runners went one way, but this one guy noticed that there was a problem, so he starts yelling at the guys that this is the right way to go. And so a few followed him, but the, the rest of the crowd went the other way. Well, the other way was faster, and he comes in eventually in 123rd place, basically. And they started dis- discussing this dis- discrepancy in the course and everything, and they made the decision, because most people went that way, that we will go ahead and hold that as the course, and this guy finished 123rd, because he went the right way. I think we're living in a day where the majority are wanting to go a particular way, and, and I'm, it scares me in our country even that we're thinking because most people want to go that way, it must be the normal right way to go, and thus they're going to walk according to God's way, maybe going to the truth, but it's not recognized as the truth. I look at what happened in New York this week, and if, you, if you're not familiar with what happened in New York, they, they made a, a, a law in place that abortion was good up until the very time of birth. And somebody's going to say, well, you know, there's a lot of ramifications about that. Uh, there sure is. And, and, and you look at it. Let me tell you, I believe everything in me that that's wrong. And in Jeremiah, I see it right there. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I knew you from the very beginning, from the time I knew you. And this is opening up all kind of cans of worms. And I just wonder if people are going to say, okay, this is now normal. So they make it normal and it's against God's word. Let me tell you, if we get into God's word, we're going to have to go against the normal if that's the case. But I'm telling you the why. God loves you. And we are broken without him. And he has given his son Jesus Christ and his word to reconnect us through our relationship. And if that doesn't give you the why, I don't know what will. I want you to pray with me.